Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe with Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. I'm so glad that you're here, Ziggy, because, uh, you know, it's always exciting when you're here. Oh, it's always exciting to be here, Deacon yeah, Jeff. And, and also, but it's also sad. Sam's, uh, Sam's here, but Tom is not. Well, I feel bad. I, you know, I, I, I dared him. I said, I don't think that you can dig to the other side of the world. And he says, I'm going to make it to China with this <laughs> <Yes>. shovel. Yes. <laughs> And you know what? I hope he makes it. I hope, <laughs> and I hope he, makes he brings it. back some egg rolls or yeah, something. And then I'll know it's like at the center of the earth. That's what I've, al- <laughs> I've always wondered, and uh, that's just we're going to find out. So we'll we'll report back to you on that when he gets back into the luxurious corner booth, and we look forward to him doing that. But we are going to uh, we're going to look at the readings for this thirty second Sunday in ordinary time, uh, and I tell you what, uh, it's not often that the readings like all line up. Oh, so you know, that was like the second surprise. The first surprise is when I heard it was the thirty-second Sunday. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be a full twenty-four hours, but it turns out <laughs> yes. it is. Yes. Well, that's good to note. Uh, let me mark my calendar for that special day. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, we we the thirty seconds uh, or or the thirty thirtieth second Sunday. <laughs> So, if there were 60 Sundays. But anyway, we're going to confuse people. They're going to like, what are those two idiots talking about? We're talking about math. I can't wait till Tom gets back. And he can just make everything more sane. Yeah, no. So, uh, it's not often, though. That you, a lot of people don't realize that uh, the first reading from the Old Testament and the gospel typically, on an ordinary Sunday, typically line up. They're connected. Mm-hmm. And it helps us to see as Catholics how uh, the New Testament is sort of uh, hidden in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. Now there's a connection, right? And we have that, that direct, very direct connection here uh, when we read from 1 Kings chapter 17 uh, and then also uh, in the Gospel according to Mark chapter 12. We're going to have two stories that involve widows. Some right? of our separated brothers and sisters are going to be just shocked that we're going to talk about the Bible right now. That's okay. We can do that. We're allowed to. Uh, we brought the Bible brought to you by the Catholic Church. You know, uh, we uh, and but 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 sort of beautifully, there's a there's a connection where you can draw this uh, second reading the the the, the letter to the Hebrews. Uh, in the ninth chapter, you can actually draw a connection here, and we'll do that. So stick with us on that. That's going to be a, that's going to be kind of neat to see. But I, I do want to read through these readings quickly so that you can kind of get a sense of what we're talking about, and then we'll kind of unpack them. So the the the, the Old Testament reading uh, from First Kings chapter seventeen. This is verses ten through sixteen. In those days, Elijah the prophet went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the entrance of the city, a widow was gathering sticks there. He called out to her. Please bring me a small cupful of water to drink. She left to get it. And he called out after her, Please bring along a bit of bread. She answered, As the Lord, your God, lives, I have nothing baked. There is only a handful of flour in my jar and a little oil in my jug. Just now I was collecting a couple of sticks to go in and prepare something for myself and my son. When we have eaten it, we shall die. When we have eaten it, we shall die. I mean, it's just like, that's so, that's like, that is like really intense. That sounds so, uh, yeah, it's very intense. But how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that really was. So sorry for the pause there, folks. Right. But then Elijah said to her, do not be afraid. Go and do as you propose. 
but first make me a little cake and bring it to me. Now, this is so interesting that he's asking this question. And it begins with, by the way, one of the 365 Be Not Afraid's that's yes. in the Bible. That, well, and, and so it's like, wow, wait a second. So, so she's only got this. They're preparing to die. Yeah. They have no food. They just they're just struggling to get by. And she, he's like, I, I need a little cake. Make me a cake. Right, he's, he's not she's not talking about like, hey, this is my concern. She's like, this is the logical result of my existence. I'm about to die. Yeah. Like, period. I you know. know, as is my son. And he, he, but he conti- but he asks again for the cake. You know, right. go and do as you propose, but first make me a little cake and bring it to me. Then you can prepare something for yourself and your son. For the Lord, the God of Israel, says, The jar of flour shall not go empty, nor the jug of oil run dry, until the day when the Lord sends rain upon the earth. She left and did as Elijah had said. She was able to eat for a year, and mm. he and her son... Uh, and he and her son as well. The jar of flour did not go empty, nor the jug of oil run dry, as the Lord had foretold through Elijah. That's such a cool story. So, so is, just listen to prophets. Yeah, I mean, the, that's true. If you're walking along the street and a prophet comes up to you and says something, listen. Because there's <laughs> right. some serious stuff going on. Because she was in dire straits, obviously. Um, so, should we unpack that now, or do you want to go ahead and read Mark? Let's go I think let's do Mark. Yeah, All right, yeah. so we're going to go to Mark. This is we're going to read the shorter form um, that's uh, available to us in the lectionary. But Mark chapter twelve verses forty one through forty four. Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and observed how the crowd put money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow also came and put in two small coins worth a few cents. Calling his disciples to himself, he said to them, "Amen, I say to you." This poor widow put in more than all the other contributors to the treasury. For they have all contributed from their surplus wealth, but she, from her poverty, has contributed all she had, her whole livelihood. Mm. Yeah, and that's going to be the key, the whole livelihood. We're going to get back to that. So we got back-to-back widow's gifts here. Yes. And, you know, uh, man, you know, God wants us to, like, take note in this mm. situation, because first you noticed the be not afraid. Yeah. Right? We get the be not afraid from Elijah, but then we get from Jesus, Amen, I tell you. And I'm telling you, when a Jew says Amen. Oh, yeah. Right? This is serious. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, hearken, listen to this. Oh, yeah. And we've got this widow, right? These widows, two different widows. Right. And so that makes this, the situation even more dire. Right. It helps us to see who's doing the giving. You know, mm. so we see it in the in the Old Testament. We see this widow giving, right? And you know what? She does it dutifully. She does as she's told. Yeah, but she's also very realistic. Like I don't have enough. Right. This isn't going to work. This yeah. is. You know what? This is it. Just so you know, this is all that's left. Just want to let you know. So yeah, we were. You know, it's not that we were going to go from not dying to dying. We're just going to go from to dying sooner. Yeah, exactly. You know? So 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 this uh, this gift that she gives the Lord. Yeah. Right. You know, by giving to Elijah, this gift is it's literally all she has. Well, if you think also about, it, especially in the ancient world, with the state of women, is one of the reasons why. Uh, you know, James is so adamant about saying, if you want to live the gospel, you have to support the widows and orphans, right? Well, the widows and orphans, what do they not have? The orphan is a child who does not have his parent and he is dependent upon his parent. A widow, you know, a woman in ancient times, you know, it's very different than a lot of the situations that you have normally these days in modern times. It's less common than it once was 
for a woman to be completely dependent, her livelihood to be completely dependent upon her husband. But back then in ancient times, oh my gosh. So I mean, they didn't have pensions. Right. <laughs> and they didn't, they didn't have like retirement funds and they didn't have like, well, you know what? You're going to get your husband's pension. You're going to get it. You're taken care of. Yes. He left you a lovely insurance policy. Right. Yeah. Right? The, le- the level of dependence is extreme. And so the moment the husband's gone, she truly is having to fee- fend for herself and I, I think that for me, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that you have these two widow stories because our Lord, he's made clear throughout scripture. What's the, the throughout scripture? There's that nuptial message. You can read like the book of Exodus as as being a nuptial, you know, the Lord receiving his bride, yeah. Israel. Right. And there's this nuptial message throughout scripture for the people of God as a whole. Right. But then also. And for the church, obviously, but then also individually, God desires to be bridegroom to each one of our souls. And so I, I think there's a little hidden message there that when the, the human husband passes away, God is there to step in as the bridegroom and to be the source of, uh, of dependence, you know, for that woman, but, you know, for that person, for that bride... But she has to make the choice on her own to allow herself to depend on him and to trust even when it doesn't make sense. Well, think about that and that, that connection to, to marriage. Yeah. Right? So think about that for a second. That, that marriage, as we teach in our faith, is it's total self-gift. Right. One to the other. Right? So she actually had to give mm. to that marriage. Wow. And, and then Elijah the prophets, you know, when, when he says, for the Lord... Uh, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour shall not go empty, nor the jug of oil run dry until the day when the Lord sends rain upon the earth. So basically, she said, it says, look, here's the thing. We, we may be in the middle of a drought, yeah. and, and, and you're in the worst drought because you have no husband. Yeah. Your life is a drought at this point, and you have nothing. But unless you give everything that you have, mm. right, Unless you give everything you have. I mean, in other words, you are required to give everything you have. And when you do, you will be bountifully blessed. Right? So when you empty the coffers for the Lord, right. he fills them. I mean, with himself. And yeah. so that's, like, that's, and that's the essence of marriage. Right? It's, in the it's, like the hokey, it's like the hokey pokey. You've got to put your whole self in. <laughs> if you sing every verse. Right? But people like me, like we left. I could, like to put your... With your right foot in, right? I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this, right? And it's it's a hard commitment. I mean, we joke about not putting your whole self in, but a lot of us don't put our whole selves in. Oh, that's true. And we see what's required of us now. So let's let's uh, let's fast forward, you know, a couple thousand years uh, to to Mark chapter twelve, yeah. right? And let's look at that. What so Jesus basically? He's <laughs> you know he's sitting there. I don't know. I think about it like this. If I'm sitting in at Mass mm-hmm. and it's time for the collection, imagine Jesus sitting like at the front. Yeah. You know, in front of the altar and he's just kind of sitting there and he's watching every single person and what they put in to the collection basket. Right. So that's pretty intense. That's true. Now, it's not about money. He doesn't even, in fact, he tells you it's not about money. Literally, he's saying it doesn't matter. She put in more than anybody else did. Yeah. This one widow who just put in a couple of cents worth. She gave the little, biggest gift. Yeah. It was the biggest gift, right? And so, uh, you know, it is pretty intense that I mean, he's sitting across from the treasury watching people put in their gift. And one after another, they're all going through, like, 
Well, I've got this lovely thing that I'm not using. This coat. I don't need to wear this coat. It's a lovely coat, but I don't wear it anymore. It's in. It's an excess, you know. So it's like, okay, right. lovely. So he puts that in there, right? And 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 he sees that. Now he doesn't chastise those people. No. But he wants to teach those that are there with him. It's like, look, you you guys need to understand something. You you are chosen to understand it, and the Lord your God is going to reveal something to you that you need to give. Like in totality, you need to be willing to give everything that you have. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was Cardinal Sarah who uh, he stepped forward. And one of the things that he spoke out against, he's spoken against many things, obviously, yeah. um, a very outspoken cardinal. But one of the things that he spoke out against, he said that he was very uh concerned. I hope it was Cardinal Sarah that uh, with people using the term um Poverty is a thing that we have to fight against. He said it's destitution, and he's of course from Africa, uh, and so he's very well aware. He knows of the plight. What's, he knows the plight of his people. There. Yes, yeah. exactly. But he's like destitution. That's not good. Destitution's not good. He said, but poverty. He's like we need to rescue that word. You know, from phrases like the war on poverty and stuff like that. Yeah. Because when you are. Uh, when, when we have a poverty that can, that can come with it, a poverty in spirit that can come virtue, that can come close, a closeness to God. Right. You know. Well, because he's also, you know, wrote a beautiful book uh, about sacred silence. Yes. Right. And so because people think like, well, it's silent. Silence bad. Silence. But it's like where the scripture, you know, silence is gold. And so, so um, that silence in the in that seeming emptiness. Mm-hmm. Right. It's filled. But in the same way. Right, right. In in that in that same way, this idea of learning how poverty is actually beneficial to you. Right. So, getting rid of the stuff. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Yeah. For the kingdom of God is theirs. If we if we want to inherit the kingdom of God, we have to let go of the things that we think, whatever we think we need here on earth that we're clutching onto. It is getting in the way. Of us receiving the inheritance that God our Father wants us yes. to receive, and that inheritance, while we 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 love when it's like uh, graces and blessings in our time here on earth, the reality is that the the eternal inheritance, the heavenly homeland, is really the thing that we need to long for, right? And that's ultimately what the goal is. That's what we want to fill our coffers with, not right. with stuff, not with comfort, not with not with happiness here, like fleeting. Uh, happiness. We we want to fill ourselves with joy and hope, even in poverty. Well, and of course, you know, if God is a God of justice, and so like you have to pay your taxes, you've got a mortgage, for example, you got to pay your mortgage. You know, God is oh, not saying I was hoping like we just <laughs> we could just stop making payments. <laughs> yeah. The Lord, your God, said, <laughs> donate everything to Catholic Cafe. Oh no. yes, yes, <laughs> yes. No. amen, amen, no. brother. No. Preach it. <laughs> Put your hand on the radio. Put now. your hand on the radio. Yes, no, there'll be no, no. bountiful blessings for those who give everything to the Catholic Cafe. <laughs> no, but at the end of the day, that what uh, with uh, God's a God of justice, and so our responsibilities do matter. And so, and of course, you know, you're a parent of nine. So yeah. I mean, like you know, as a father, there's all sorts of stuff you want to give, but you also it's been entrusted to your care. You got some kids you got to feed and stuff right. like that. Yes. There's everyday you know, there's obligations you've made to a bank regarding your there mortgage. There are practicalities <laughs> and obligations in living that yeah. you've got to you're going to have to manage somehow. Right. And then plus just because somebody, you know, comes to you and says, "Give me $1,000." That doesn't mean it was God 
telling you uh, through that person to give a thousand dollars. It might have been, but we have to practice. His name is Elijah, and he asks for a thousand dollars. You probably should give it to. Or if it's Deacon Jeff, no, (laughs) no, don't do that. I'm just kidding. No, but the, the the but the point is, is. Jesus isn't saying throw discernment out the window, throw prudence out the window. You're, we're supposed to make a whole gift of ourselves within the context yes. of surrender and prayer and discernment and seeking to grow. And, and yeah, because prudence now, is also you're getting right decision on me, right? We, <laughs> because we've, we've got to discern this, but we got to discern this stuff and figure out. Because that's the other thing is we don't want you know there is discernment involved in all this. Stuff. Yes, it's not like it's always going to have a. I would love for there to be a neon sign over every option that I have. Right. Like, with an arrow pointing, say, choose this one. Right. Right. This, oh, the neon sign from God. Isn't that lovely? That answers all my questions. There is discernment in all of this. Right. But we also, part of it is discerning what attachments do we have that God might be saying, you, you need to let go of that. So we have to balance all these different things. But I, I guess I want to I want to back up just a little bit and make sure that people understand this isn't just a, we're not talking about money here. Right. Right. We're not talking about finances. We, we've talked a lot about finances and a lot about money. But I, I want people to understand this is about uh, sacrifice. It's about mm. gifts. So we're talking about something bigger. Right. Um, uh, what, what your what your total self gift is giving of yourself. Is because Jesus is calling out those people that are giving from their surplus, right? Not giving of themselves. Mm. And I'm not just talking about you know uh, time, talent, and whatever. I'm talking about like who, wh- whatever makes you up. What whatever is you? Yeah, giving that to the Lord, which may be your finances, it may be your talents, and it, it may be uh, the t- the time that you have. It's all of those things. But the point is, it's coming from the essence of who you are as a total self-gift. So in other words, it's not about me. It's not about taking care of myself and then what I have left over, then I'm going to worry about. So I need to have time for myself. I need to have my talents. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use them on myself to make sure I'm all squared right. away. And my treasures, you want to make sure I have enough uh, and everything. And then what I have left over, then I can comfortably hand some things out to make some other people happy. I'm not saying don't hand stuff out and make people happy. I think that's great. But in all things that you do, you do them all for the Lord, and your entire being right, is, is a gift from the Lord to you to be given away. Well, and, and I think also just rooting sin out of our life, doing our best. And, of course, listen, it's a process. We're all sinners, you know, but there are things right now. Uh, I mean, the plague of Internet pornography is it is a plague. It is widespread. It is a, a it is a pandemic. Uh, you know, yeah. that predates uh, COVID and part of giving of yourself, whether it's that particular sin, whether whatever sin might be persistent in a person's life where we either keep committing it or, or you know, no matter how many times we confess it, it's like, gosh, this just seems like it's a part right. of my life. Well, part of giving our whole self is to keep working at it and not giving up when we fall, keep going to confession and Every time we're doing that, every time we're going to confession and we're at least trying and then we're taking concrete steps of saying, I'm going to do by the power of God's grace, I'm going to make the choice to amend my life, to sin no more and to avoid the near occasion of sin, then that is right there. You're giving your whole self because you're turning your whole self in a moment of reconciliation to God. There's that too. Well, also, I'm not going to challenge what you said. I just want to, I want to add to that. Yeah. Um, when you go to confession, 
what you're if you're giving everything to the Lord, you're also giving him all the bad stuff that you have. Yeah. I mean, you're laying it all at the foot of the cross. Yes. Give it all to him. Don't just give the good stuff. Don't just give it. As I said, the essence of who you are. And if you're if you're fallen, if you're broken, if you're struggling, if you're burdened, if you're if you're grieved, if you're a sinner, if you've got a weight problem, if you've got a, uh, you know, an intellectual, mental, spiritual, physical, whatever the problem, whatever the issue is, give it to the Lord. Right, amazing things happen at, through affliction, and I mean that's exactly what Jesus did for us, right? Oh yes. So, so let's tie this to the New Testament reading. Oh, the second let's, reading. Let's yes. go. Let's Hebrews. go to uh, the uh, the letter to the Hebrews, chapter nine, verses twenty through uh, through twenty twenty four through twenty eight. Christ did not enter into a sanctuary made by hands, a copy of the true one, but heaven itself, that he might now appear before God on our behalf. Not that he might offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters each year into the sanctuary with blood that is not his own. If that were so, he would have, to have, he would have had to suffer repeatedly from the foundation of the world. But now, once for all, he has appeared at the end of the ages to take away sin by his sacrifice. Just as it is appointed that human beings die once and after this the judgment, so also Christ Offered once to take away the sins of many will appear a second time, not to take away sin, but to bring salvation to those who eagerly await him. So here's the key. Jesus, like the widows, right? The, the example of the widows were just we just read. Yeah. Jesus sacrifices. He put his whole self in. His whole self. Yes. Imagine if he climbed up on the cross and said, ow, this, is, <laughs> right. this hurts. Yeah. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I want to get down. This is uncomfortable. He probably did say it hurts a couple of times. Well, he I, I, he did cry yeah. out and th- things like that. But my, my point is, yes. he didn't get down. No. He didn't give up. No. Because it was the gift of his total self. And he said, yeah, if you think about it, folks, with with Christ and his sufferings, listen, him stepping into death and 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 blowing it up from the inside as he did, I mean... That didn't necessarily require, so to speak, in the strictest sense, him to go through all the extreme sufferings that yeah. he went to. The, getting, just just focusing on the scourging. I mean, we all saw how it was de- depicted in the Mel Gibson film yeah. Passion of the Christ, getting scourged thirty nine times. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, it, he was already going to be crucified. He was already going to die. But he said yes. Our God, man, Lord Jesus said yes to every bit of all it. of it, all, all of, it. of it. He took it all on. Right. And of course, all that scourging is essentially each each lash, you know, is is my sin, your sin. Yes. All and all the sins for all eternity. And, and here's the thing. You know, uh, this is why everyone gave, you know, Mel Gibson a lot of grief for that film. They didn't want to go. It's just too gory. It's mm-hmm. like, OK. But but here it is, literally taken from Scripture. Why do you think the, those scriptural accounts of the crucifixion, the passion of our Lord, are so intense? They're they're not, you know, if they didn't want you to know about that part, or they say like, okay, uh, Jesus on uh, had a really bad day on Friday, right? You know, it's like, well, that if that's all he talked about on Good Friday, Jesus yeah. had a really bad. They day. They called it Bad Friday. Bad Friday. <laughs> no, but he, but but, right. but the detail, yeah, is there. It's hard to read. Yeah, uh, and 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 it's because it's important to understand just what he did, and, 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 and that's the key. To, and because that demonstrates, see, it's like the fact that Jesus died for our sins is the the ultimate point of all this. 
but it's really how he died. Yeah. It, it was not it was not a lethal injection. Right. Right. Well, it, it really was it was it was it was very, very, very We'll just say passionate. <laughs> well, last week we talked about the, you know, if you divide infinity, you still get infinity. Yeah. And so Jesus would have done that for each of us. Yes, eternal so, and, 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 and infinitesimal suffering. So he's giving his whole self for each of us. And guess what? Including he's giving his whole self to each of us in our sins, in our selfishness, all the things that we see in ourselves that look just ugly and unlovable the stuff that makes us feel that makes us feel like we just want to give up on the yeah. spiritual life and say gosh why, how can i even pray how does this how why would god even want to pay attention to yeah. my prayers i'm a I, ugh. you know the shame that we might be experiencing he died to give his whole self because he desires to love us in those errors and to lift that shame and to Reanimate us by His grace that we may share in His resurrection. So these these readings that we've just gone over here, it's it's not about widows, no, right? This is about all of us. It's about each one of us. It's about every single one of us who are listening, realizing that you know the old the old expression. Every capital campaign or whatever has you know, give till it hurts. You know, oh, that's a Mother Teresa quote. Too. That's right. Well, yes. the whole point is, it's that's 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 because that's what Jesus did. He literally gave. Till it hurt, and then beyond. Oh yeah! Until there was nothing left. The last full measure, right? It he the last full measure of flour and oil. And he's bridegroom to every single one of our souls. Amen. Every, every single one of us. So we need to give till it hurts. We need to sacrifice because that's Jesus is going to do amazing things with that sacrifice. And to trust him and rely upon him. Amen. And he'll take care of us. We're going to have what we need. But the reality is the world is going to have what it needs in the salvation and in the knowledge of the salvation of Jesus Christ and his suffering and death for each one of us. And, and that's what the world desperately needs, that message. And that only happens when we stop thinking about the giving out of the surplus, mm. that we give our entire selves in the way that Jesus did. If, we, if, we, if everything that we do, we tie to the sacrifice of the cross. If everything that we did, we pour ourselves out into that, mm. it's amazing what God will do. And Amen. I'm not just talking about eating bread for a year. Right. right. I'm talking about amazing things happen because you will, you will see the Lord at work. You will see the Lord doing amazing things uh, in your life, but also in the lives of all those around you. Uh, and it's it's supernatural. It's beautiful. But it all it all starts with Jesus's sacrifice, us tying ourselves to that sacrifice, and us giving it all. Yes, that's that's hard to think of. It's hard to do. It's impossible without His grace. Amen, brother. Amen. Absolutely. So let's give it all. Let's give till it hurts, as it were. And you know what? The Blessed Mother knows how that pain is in giving till it hurts let's have her intercede on our behalf hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners now and in the hour of our death amen thanks for listening to the catholic cafe if you'd like to contact deacon jeff send him an email at deacon jeff at thecatholiccafe.com visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.